to bring back to remembrance of what should be the important things, what our mind and our hearts should be focused on. In 2021, we were given an opportunity in that year to really take what we had should have gotten through 2020 and being an emphasis of Christ, and in 2021, letting that known to the world as we re-enter into some bit of normalcy. But in 2022, let us not just go back to the thing and the point where we get to the point of life where we go, okay, well now everything's really going to start to get even more normal. Let's just settle back in. In fact, what we should do is we should put on more steam, more fire, more go, more tell, more preach, more standing for what God has done in our lives. And it's interesting, as I was reading this passage of Scripture, there was a phrase that I know I've read before. Many of us have read this passage before. We've read it, and we've read this passage before, but there's a phrase that jumped out to me, that stood out to me, that God grabbed my attention with. And I pray that uh, this passage of Scripture will be used in your life. We're only going to read three verses, and then three verses that seem almost as, if you will, a parenthesis, uh, added information, details to a story. You know, sometimes when we read the Bible, we look at certain things and we look at them as a way of, well, that's just God adding a little extra detail to make the stories, if you will, interesting. But may I remind you that the Bible says that all Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Nothing is in the Word of God for just filler. It all has purpose. It all has point. It all has a place in our lives. And so the Bible says here in John chapter number 12, beginning in verse number 9, it says, Much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, but that they might see Lazarus also, whom he had raised from the dead. But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death, because that by reason of him many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. Now in verse 9 it says that much people of the Jews therefore knew that he was there. Where was there? Well we find that context there in verse number 1. Then Jesus six days before the Passover came to Bethany where Lazarus was, which had been dead, whom he raised from the dead. There they made him a supper and Martha served him, but Lazarus was one of them that sat at the table with him. In this passage of Scripture God is allowing us to have a, quite a bit of insight on this man's Lazarus life. In fact, he kind of makes an emphasis, if you will, in this passage on Lazarus' life. And there's a reason he makes a, an emphasis on Lazarus' life, and we'll come to see that in a little bit. And it's because of whose Lazarus' life truly emphasizes. See, Lazarus' life wasn't about himself, especially at this point. Lazarus' life wasn't even about his sisters Mary or Martha. Lazarus' life at this point was all about Jesus. So how do you know that? Well, I know that based off the passage we read. Look with me again, if you will, in verse number 10, and look what the Bible says about Lazarus' life. It says this, But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. So when we think about this time and, and passage of Scripture, we all are familiar about the chief priests and the, the Pharisees and the Jews wanting to put Christ to death, wanting to kill him because of who he said he was. But he wasn't the only one that these men, these Pharisees, these religious leaders, these spiritual people, if you will, wanted to do away with. They wanted to get rid of Lazarus as well. 
Why? Why so much emphasis on just a man? A man who's been through so much. This is a man that was dead. Not a man that died on the table and was revived in just a few moments. This is a man that was dead. The Bible says for more than four days he had been dead. This was a man that was so dead, by the way, that when Christ came and said, remove the stone, his own sister looked at Christ and said, are you sure you want to do that? Because by now he probably stinks. He was dead. This was a man that had been dead and now lives. This was a man that people wanted to see, people no doubt had heard about, people had talked about, people had seen in their lives. And there was one reason, and one reason alone, that these men wanted Lazarus dead. Verse number 11. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed on Jesus. For just a few moments this morning, I'd like to preach a message that I'm entitling, By Reason of Him, Many Believed. See, it was because of what had happened in Lazarus' life that people came to know Christ as their Savior. It was because of the change and the difference that Christ had made in Lazarus' life that others had a change made in theirs too. We talk about it a lot. We talk about the change that God has made in our lives. We'll testify and say, yeah, I'm saved. I know Christ is my personal Savior. We'll shake our head and we'll agree. We'll smile at it. We'll praise the Lord about it. But sometimes when it comes to telling someone else about the change that God's really made, we get to the point where we go, I I can't talk. I can't tell someone about it. I, I don't know where to begin. Imagine being Lazarus. Dead. You think he had an easy time talking about how, well, I was dead. Well, what was it like being dead? Well, I was dead. I mean, I don't don't really know how to describe it. I was just dead. They tell me I stank. They tell me I was in a tomb. They tell me I was wrapped in all these grave clothes. Okay, but how are you here today? Oh, well, that one I can tell you about. There's a man named Jesus, and he made a difference. You know what the greatest tool we have and telling other people about Christ, it's not memorizing the Roman road. And the Word of God is powerful. Let me not discredit the Word of God or seem like I'm discrediting that. That's not what I'm saying. It's not knowing some cute uh, or, or easy to memorize, just ABC, admit that you're a sinner, believe in Christ, confess your sins. We have all these tools. But the greatest tool that we have outside of the Word of God itself is our own personal testimony. What God has done in our lives. Because let's be honest, if we're in this room this morning and we know Christ is our personal Savior, we all have a story to tell. A few things we could look at in this passage. I want you to, first thing I want you to see here is I want you to see a change that was noticed. Verse number 9 says this, Much people, the Jews, therefore knew that he was there. And they came not for Jesus' sake only, But they might see Lazarus, also whom he had raised from the dead. There was a change. There was a change made note abroad. What was the change? Hey, in that house, in the city of Bethany, there's a man who was dead. Four days dead. And now he's alive. That's a change. I don't know about you. I have never personally witnessed anyone who has been dead for four days walking around, moving, talking, living, eating, breathing. It's not something we see on an everyday occurrence. 
there was a change that had been noticed and it had been noticed by many. It's a change that, that took effect. It not just affected Lazarus, it affected everyone. It affected all those around them. And there are, there are some times that we have to remember that this man here had something change in his life. There was something that went from one situation that was bad and unfortunate to something great and giving an opportunity. But can I remind you, the Bible tells us in the, in the Word of God that we were all dead in our sins. In fact, the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, if you'll turn with me there to Ephesians chapter 2, that each and every one of us are dead in our trespasses and sins if we don't know Christ as our personal Savior. Ephesians chapter number 2, the Bible says this, beginning in verse 1, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin, where in times past ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had we all had our conversation in times past in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. That quickened word, it's not a word we use today. It's an old English word. It means to be made alive. It means to be brought to new life. It means to be given spirit and hope and energy. It means that we were dead in our sins. Our soul was dead, just like Lazarus was dead. And the Bible says that through Christ we have been quickened. We've been given the hope, the energy that is this life that we now have. Now let me say to you this morning, if you don't know Christ as your personal Savior if you've never trusted Him for salvation, for the forgiveness of sins, the Bible says it's clear, not just in this passage, but in many, that you are dead spiritually now. Your soul is dead. You were born dead in your soul. And that because of that, because of your sin and being dead spiritually, you will spend eternity in a place called hell. That's not me condemning you. That's an almighty holy, just God telling you that unfortunately He cannot look upon sin. He can have no fellowship with sin. And that our sinful natures that we were born into and because we're sinful people, He cannot fellowship with us for eternity. And so hell is somewhere we would go. But He tells us in this passage that we have an opportunity to have a life Abundant life, the Bible says. Remember what Christ's words are there. And he says, I have come that I might give you life and that you might have it more abundant. You think life is good now if you don't know Christ as your Savior? Can I tell you, it can be so much better. There's so much more than what this world has to offer. And the Bible tells us that we were dead, just like Lazarus. But if we know Christ, we've been made alive. What a change. What a change that should be noticeable. Our change should be evident. It should be evident to everyone around us. You know what? Our change should be something that's talked about. These people there in verse 9, they were coming not for Jesus' sake only, but also for Lazarus. They wanted to see this man who had been dead. Meaning they hadn't ever seen him. But you know what? They had heard about him. 
There may be some people at your work you don't see often. Maybe you see them every once in a while. Or maybe you've never even, maybe you live in one of the, or work in one of those jobs or those businesses where you don't see someone uh, at all. Maybe once every once in a while passing in the hallway. And what the Bible tells us? They should know there's something different about us. If you will, we should be the ones that are talked about. Hey, you see that person over there? There's something different about them. Now, I'm not talking about different odd. Some of y'all are odd people. Some of me are odd people. We know that. How many times have we heard the teenagers say, Brother John is weird. Amen. I heard that. Well, the Bible tells us we're supposed to be peculiar people. We're supposed to have something different about us. We have a hope that's like none other hope. We have a joy found in Jesus Christ that should be different. Not talking about the same things everyone else talks about. Not focusing on the same things everyone focuses about. Not hoping in the same thing everyone hopes about. We have something far greater. There's a change that should be noticed. Something that's noticeable. One of the saddest things that can be said in a Christian's life. Oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Oh, I didn't know you were a Christian. Truth is, is that there's a change that should be noticed. It should be seen It should be talked about. It should be evident. And there was a change in Lazarus' life. You say, yeah, but Lazarus had been dead bodily and made to live again. I don't think that was the only change in Lazarus' life. The Bible tells us just a few chapters before, if you will. In fact, it was the chapter before. Would you turn to John chapter number 11 with me, please? John chapter number 11. We know that Lazarus had spent time with Jesus. In fact, you know what's interesting? Lazarus has, is, is one of at least three siblings, right? He has two sisters, Mary and Martha. And it seems like oftentimes when we talk about these three siblings, we spend a lot of time talking about Mary, we spend a lot of time talking about Martha, and then every once in a while, Lazarus is that guy who was dead and made to raise him walking in. But you know what's interesting is Jesus calls Lazarus by a very, very uh, affectionate name that all of us would love to hear from the mouth of Christ himself. Look with me at verse number 11. It said, These things said he after that he saith unto them, talking to the disciples, Our friend Lazarus. This is someone who had no doubt spent a lot of time with Jesus. And I can guarantee you he was a believer, a follower. He knew that this was the Messiah, the Redeemer of the world. There was a change that should have been noticed. When people looked at Lazarus, they knew that something had happened in his life. He who was once dead now lives. Can I ask you a question this morning? When people talk about your life, when they look at your life, are they able to say, That's somebody who's had a change. There's something different about them. They were once dead. Maybe it's an old friend or someone who knew you before you were saved. Do they truly know that you've come to know Christ as your Savior? Do they know that a change is noticeable? There's another thing we see here in this passage that's interesting to me. is In verse 9, we see that there was a change noticed. But in verse 10, we see that there's a contentious crowd. Verse number 10, the Bible says this. But the chief priests 
consulted that they might put Lazarus also to death. Here is a group of people, a crowd if you will, who did not like the fact that Lazarus was different. They did not like the fact that he stood out amongst the crowd. They did not like the fact that he was talked about. And I tell you what, they did not like the fact that his life testified of the goodness and greatness of Christ as God our Savior. Nothing's changed. There's still a crowd out there today that is not going to like the fact that we as Christians stand up and proclaim that hope is found in Jesus and Jesus alone. That there is something that is truth that we can hold on to. That this book is truth and that we should proclaim it as such. That truth is not relative. It does not fluctuate. It does not change. It does not adapt to cultural standards. It does not move and air with the wind as it changes, if you will. But that truth is absolute and that it comes from the Almighty God from above. And this is the standard by which we should live. And they do not like that we are Christians as Christians should have a life that testifies that when we live life by the standard that God has given that it's profitable see when a Christian talks about a changed life the world is looking for that Christian to fall they're looking for that Christian to fail they're looking for that Christian to go back on what they say they believe they're looking on for that Christian's life to contradict what they say they believe why? because it makes them feel better not because we're judging or judgmental or because we're putting them down and prayerfully we're not those type of people. But because if we truly say we believe in something, that it's made a difference in our lives, it's not just made a difference, it's changed the very person that we are and who we are and how we live. If we say that that is truth and then we turn and live a life that is contradictory to that, It loses power to condemn their sins. Not that we condemn them, but the life that has changed condemns them of their sins. Makes them aware that they are sinners as well. And there was a contentious crowd. There always will be a contentious crowd. There always has been. When God does a work in our lives, not everyone is going to be happy. In fact, Christ made us aware of this a few chapters over. Will you go to John chapter 15 with me? Look at two verses of what God says. Christ himself saying this about what it's like. John chapter number 15 and verse 18 and verse 19. The Bible says this. If the world hate you, ye know that it hated me before it hated you. If you were of the world, the world would love his own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world... Therefore, the world hateth you. Christ speaking to his disciples, of course, here, letting them know that the change that had been made in their life, the fact that he had chosen them to come apart, to be separated. And that is what sanctification literally means, to be set apart, separated for God's use, that God has chosen us as Christian people, as born-again believers. He has chosen us out of this world to live a life that is separated, separated unto Him and away from the world to be different. And He says, this world will hate you. He's literally telling them, don't be shocked. Don't be surprised when people hate you, they despise you, they speak ill against you when you go to speak about Christ, when you speak about me and the love I have for you. Why? Because they hated me. 
Nothing's changed. You know what sometimes happens? We as Christians, some of us are those type of people who have, uh, were, were raised or, or our personality are just people pleasers, if you will. We like everyone to get along with us. We like everyone to be happy around us. And us Christians who may be like that, where we have this mentality, of, well, I don't want anybody to dislike me, and I'm not saying we should be contentious people. I'm not saying we should be um, people who are trying to get in fights and argue with people. I'm just saying there will come a time. Many of us have already faced it. We face it on a daily basis where people don't like, you can't talk about that at work. Well, you can talk about all your drunkenness and your uh, sin and the filth and things that you talk about. I'm just talking about my life and let me tell you about the change that God has made in my life. I don't act like that anymore. The places I used to go, I don't go anymore. The things I used to say, I don't say them anymore. The things I used to partake in, I don't partake in them anymore. Why? Because God has made a change. Oh, really? What changes He made? I was dead and I now live. I have life eternal because of the eternal one has given it to me. And it's a wondrous change. I have hope. I have joy. I have peace. If you don't have those things this morning, can I tell you that today could be the day that you come and you see that Christ has given it to you and He has died on the cross for your sins and that those things could be true. You can see the peace that God has given. You can see the hope that He's given. You can see the joy that is there. But you have to understand it's a change. And God's desired to make it all. But there will be a contentious crowd. There will be people who will not be happy about it, who despise it. If they could, there has been, there always will be a group of people who could put Christians to death. There was a contentious crowd. But the greatest part of this story in John chapter number 12 is found in verse number 11. The changed life is wonderful. It was noticed. But the best part about this changed life Lazarus had was the third thing, is that Christ was magnified by his testimony. Look what the Bible says about Lazarus in this passage. It says in verse number, verse number 9, But they came that they might see Lazarus, whom he had raised from the dead. If you would, it says, But the chief priests consulted that they might put Lazarus to death, giving us understanding of why, what was going on. But why did they come to see Lazarus? Verse number 11. Because that by reason of him, many of the Jews went away and believed. You know, it's wonderful to have a changed life. It's amazing. It's something we should praise the Lord for. But the changed life is not a life that we live to tow our lives. The changed life is not something that we stand up and say, Hey, my life's different. I'm so much different than you. I'm better than you. I I have something better than what you have. No, 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 no. The changed life is stood to be stood up and say, My life is different. Because the one who made it different. My life is changed because the one who changed it is glorious. I don't go to those places 
Not because I'm better than you. Not because I'm, I'm more holy than you. Not because I have something to tout. But I don't go to those places because the one who changed me, the one who doesn't allow me to go to those places, not because he's some ruling God, but because I love him. And I desire to fellowship with him. I desire to please him. Because it was all about the one who made the change. There's a lot of Christians in this world who have a changed life. They really do. But they've gotten to the place where the changed life is the goal. And they've stopped magnifying the one who changed it. Why did they want to kill Lazarus? It wasn't because he was alive. It wasn't because he had been dead and now lives. They wanted to kill Lazarus because the change made in his life led other people's to Christ for salvation. Look with me again in the passage. Look at what the Bible says. Verse number 11. Because that by reason of him, because that reason of Lazarus, because of Lazarus, many Jews believed. Why did they want death to Lazarus so bad? It wasn't the change. It wasn't the new life. It wasn't just because they were contentious. It was because his life pointed others to Christ. Let me ask you a question. If you're in this room this morning and you've truly had a changed life, does your life truly point others to Christ? Does it really make and magnify Christ? What would it be like if in 2022, the year 2020 was a, was a year of just disruption. The year of 2021 was a year of just complete change and relearning to live and do things indifferent. What would happen if in the year 2022, Christians made the decision that this year I'm going to allow my changed life to really push others to Christ? Say, I, I, you know, as a Christian, I have a hard time talking to people. I, I don't know what to say. I don't know how to lead them to the Lord. Tell them about the change. Maybe you're like me, and I praise the Lord for this. I trusted Christ as my Savior at the age of five years old. There's not a giant change that a five-year-old can have. He wasn't smoking. He wasn't drinking. I was a filthy liar. You can ask my mom. <laughs> I was a back talker. I was rambunctious and disobedient. There are things that could be pointed to as a change. But God saved me glorious as a five-year-old. Maybe you're like me and you say, there's not a huge change that can be seen. Maybe not from how your life was, but it could be seen from how it should could be right now. I'm a 35-year-old man. If you were to look at most 35-year-olds my age, they're out drinking and smoking and living wild lives and just unbelievable. I praise the Lord God has saved me from all of that. Can I say this to you young people that are in the room? If you've come to know Christ as your Savior as a young age, your testimony is just as magnificent, just as glorious, just as wonderful that God has saved you and kept you from all of those things rather than redeeming you out of those things. Never discount your testimony because it is a life changed for the glory of God. 
But this morning, my question to all of us is this. My question to me is this. Does my changed life truly live that of one that Lazarus had? The world may hate me, but I hope they hate me because I'm pointing others to Christ, not because I'm different. For so long, we as Christians kind of have touted our glory stick as we're different. Different is not the goal. Pointing people to Christ is the goal. Lazarus understood this. They wanted him dead because by reason of him, many believed. You know, it was wonderful that Jesus called Lazarus friend. But I can't help but think that God, through his Holy Spirit, penning some words, I would love to hear Jesus call me friend. But I'd love for God also to say about me, by reason of him, many believed. It's one thing to have Jesus call you friend. That's wonderful. That's another thing to think of family members and friends and co-workers who have come to know Christ as their Savior because when they saw my life, they saw a changed life and a Christ magnified through the change. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? As we pray, I want to ask you a simple question before we pray. Has your life been changed? Has your life been changed? If it has, does it point people to Christ? Dear gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, as we come to you this morning, we thank you for showing us that Lazarus' life was changed and that it was not changed for the point of being changed. It was changed so that you might be magnified. Help us to be people who magnify you through our changed lives. We'll give you the honor and glory for it all. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you'll stand to your feet with me, we'll have some music softly playing. I'm going to get...